All right. There we go. There we go. Da, 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 da. Right. Man, I'm, right. I'm, on, I'm in key. <laughs> I think, you know, since Sam's not with us today, John, I've had to take over running this and I, I'm starting to grow. The music's growing on me and yeah. I think this chair makes you dance when you do it. So. Th- <laughs> <laughs> Can't help mood. it. Yeah. Did you see on Twitter somebody said that they, they, they like the show and they they can't get that goddamn tune out of their head? Good. That's me like, too. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I, I find myself humming this tune all day long uh, after I hear your, your oh show. Oh my gosh. Well, well, I'm I'm getting a lot of people listening also. They're, you know, I get the DMs, the messages, a yeah. little feedback. Yeah, I, I like think it. So we're growing on people mm-hmm. like a, you know, like a, uh, like a, like a festering sore. <laughs> <Disease. laughs> There's no ointment for us yeah, here like over a, here at Eat Talk yeah, Repeat. Like I like the or the carbunc- <laughs> the, the carbuncular uh, gastronomes. Whatever. Ah, well, John, I'm the irascible epicure. Irascible. Irascible is my is my mantra today. Irascibility. Okay. Is how I roll. I know. Well, okay. So another week. Are you excited for today's show? Even I, though we're down a man, we're down a man, but we have a lot to talk about because do. uh, I don't even know where to start. So Sam's missing out today. Can we get your shameless plugs out of the way? Okay, shameless yes. plugs. Okay, well, first of all, big shameless plug. E talk repeat here yes. with uh, with Ash the attorney at Ash the attorney. John Curtis, go to my website at eating eatinglv.com. That's the web address at eatinglv.com. And on Twitter, I'm at Eating Las Vegas. And on good old Instagram, I post a lot of pretty pictures of all my palate-pleasing pursuits. Uh, at John Curtis, just my name, J-O-H-N-C-U-R-T-A-S. So that's how you find me on good old social media. And honestly, I follow the Instagram for the food porn. The yeah. Twitter is where you'll dump all of your thoughts and even some like baseball knowledge I'll get. And then uh, you also link a lot of fun articles. Yeah, I try to. Do you have a recent blog or are we still on the list in late stage Vegas? We're still on the list in late stage Vegas, but it hasn't even been up a month. That one I spent a long time on. So when I do these long form articles, I usually let them uh, hang around or or fester, as it were, (laughs) you know, for some weeks to give people a chance to go there. But uh, the, and I got a little plug on the City Cast Las Vegas a week ago. Ooh. So they were nice. They, what they, did they, they plug they, you for? They, they just saying, you know, John. They asked me for um, a quote on what was the best and the worst thing about late stage Las Vegas as it pertains to celebrity the the celebrity chef era, which we have now. Uh, we've now uh, we're now leading out of. We're now leaving in, our, in the dust. And I, um, I was going to say, what'd you say? Well, I, I, I should have had my, my deathless prose bef- before me, but I, um, the summation of it is, uh, the worst thing is, I think, we, was the institutionalization of mediocrity now, in that we can, uh, uh, what started as a revolution to bring much, much better food and chef-driven food into hotels beyond the old, the old Vegas of, you know, there was a coffee shop and there was a, a, a buffet and there was a steakhouse. There was a gourmet room of, of some, uh, of some uh, weird lineage or, 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 or um, pedigree. Now uh, we went through the, the celebrity chefs, elevated all the food with, with better food, more chef-driven restaurants and recipes. And now we've sort of institutionalized that to where 
uh, people come here for celebrity chefs, but not the good ones. And they don't, the, the Wolfgang Pucks are sort of aging out of things. The, the Emerald Lagasse in his prime is gone. Mario Batali is gone. Daniel Balud isn't here anymore. There's a lot of the people who really brought fantastic uh, restaurant concepts here have, have basically faded. And now what we have is, you know, uh, you know the, the 10th restaurant from Guy Fieri and uh, Giada and, you know, Gordon Ramsay phoning it in all the time and the Voltaggio brothers. So this is the, inst- I call it the institutionalization of mediocrity, which has sort of gripped us. And the, the chef-driven thing is, is way in the past. But the, the, I don't. The, I'm going to say I don't think that's a Vegas thing. I would argue that's an American thing. We yeah, have done that. I, good point. But I do think Vegas led the charge. I yeah. mean, it really did. We we were celebrity chef central in the late '90s and the early aughts, and a lot of cities followed suit afterwards. So that was the be- uh, that was the worst thing about it is how mediocre everything has come. The best thing is that it really did. The rising tide really did raise all boats, mm-hmm. and without. That revolution from about 1994 to 2014, that's, those are the 20 years, I call, our, of our Celebrity Chef era. Uh, we wouldn't have the dynamic, uh, uh, ever-changing restaurant scene we have out in the, uh, in the neighborhoods now. We wouldn't have, uh, you know, the, the Brian Howards and, 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 and James Trees and Nicole Brissons and, 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 and the fabulous places opening up, uh, up and down Spring Mountain Road. All of that started with uh, making Las Vegas a food town, and all of that started with the hotels bringing in celebrity chefs. And I love our neighborhood eats. Oh, yeah. And oh, they're yeah. getting better. And I'm following 1228 Main here. It oh, looks yeah. like it's getting close. Looks, It's going to be fantastic. You heard it here first, folks. It's going to be... I don't know how you can change the game in downtown Las Vegas in the Arts District by just by making it what's already really good, great, but I think it's going to change the game and, and really... Really elevating things here, and that's and Sam was at Esther's Kitchen just across the street, and James Trees showed him the new space that they're building yeah. out, and he kind of said that he he's saying John's comments about Wolfgang Puck coming in with the twelve twenty eight gave him the nudge. <laughs> he wants to own the the neighborhood, and look, I am all about a friendly competition between hey, these chefs. Exactly, an arms race. Ugh. It's an arms race, which uh, it's a recipe race. It's and, a race to the top, and we, the eaters, are going to win. <laughs> yeah, so exactly, I'm excited. Uh, speaking about. The institutionalized mediocrity. Todd English's Olives is closing. Did you hear that? In the, in the Virgin Hotel? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's Did a Did you bit, ever go? No. I mean, Todd English's Olives, uh, you know, ended up being awful in the, the last, its last five years or so at the Bellagio. It was so embarrassingly bad that I, I don't even know why they kept the doors open. When he moved over there, I, I wondered why they took him. Then he opened <laughs> up down here. At the English Hotel, and I've heard that he's no longer involved with the English Hotel either. I was going to say, I've heard that he's kind of running out of Vegas altogether. Yeah, maybe, maybe he's worn out his welcome. I don't know. I mean, I like Todd English. I've met him now a few times. I, I think he's one of those guys that's trying to cash in on fame he had that's now 30 years old. Yeah. And that's kind of hard to do unless, you're in, unless your name is somebody like Wolfgang Puck. That's pretty hard to do. Uh, another closure, but not mediocrity. Sweets Raku, yeah, and you've got sad. some news on that. Yeah, Channel Eight. Let's call out Channel Eight. You know, God damn it, you dumbass Jim Oaks in these stupid <laughs> newsrooms. You know, I don't know where they get these people. I swear to God, I watch the local news. I think they just wander around the streets and pick up people out of bus stops. They go, say, "Can you copy and paste?" Yeah, can can you? <laughs> you want to come work for Channel Three or Channel Eight? I mean, that's that's. I mean, the, the, I mean, 
the atrociousness of local news never ceases to amaze me. But they report, yes, it, it, it hits uh, uh, the Internet that Sweet Raku, which has been there for 10 years, a wonderful Japanese-French uh, restaurant that has been wildly successful, right three or four doors down from Raku, is closing. They pretty much lost their lease. I don't know. I, they may be negotiating to do something else there. But Sweet Raku is going out of business in like two days. They first said they're going to go out of business on June 30th. Then I got the word a few days ago they're going out there. This weekend is the last weekend. So this is news. It's reported uh, you know, on Eater Las Vegas, on you know, John Curtis's websites and everything like that. And then Channel 8 runs a story, a headline story, that Raku and Sweet Raku are going out of business. I mean, how, how, what kind of dumbass do you have to be not to at least check on that first? You know what I mean? I mean yeah. you know, say, Talk say, about negligence. Yeah, I mean, you're a news organization, a, a publicly uh, supported uh, a major network uh, uh, local news station, and you report something that sloppy, which could really hurt a, a, a business. You know, uh, and people are going to think, oh, they're going out of business. Oh, I'm not going to go there. I started getting... Emails and texts all of a sudden, are there, is Raku out of business? So I check with my friends at Raku because yeah. I know the people there. And they go, yeah, we are, oh, Johnson, we are so upset about this. We don't know what to do. So I write, Sue the, him. I wrote, I write the guy who wrote it. He doesn't write me back. I put corrections on all my different uh, social media outlets. And other people pick up that chance saying, too, and say, nah, they're not going out of business. But, I mean, Channel 8, come on. Get with the fucking program, okay? How lazy do you have to be to, to say something like that? If you're going to say somebody's going out of business or lost an election or whatever and everything, in between, you should get your facts straight before you go public. Hundred percent, especially a small business. It's not like you're yeah. saying, "Oh, the Sahara is going out of business." Yeah, yeah, and yeah, just, yeah. And, You know, like they're just like, "No," and they just swat it down. Yeah, they can fight back. I mean, these little, little businesses rely on you know, goodwill, and 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 word travels fast. I don't fear for Raku. It is so successful and so popular. I'm, I'm not really that worried. But, yeah, they were upset for a few days. And, and I think and, – and a guy wrote me this morning said he wrote Channel 8. They still haven't posted any correction. No correction. No correction. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I like, I like John Langler, my morning news anchor buddy. He's a great guy. I like Sherry Swens. I used to be on Channel 8. Yeah. You know, Twelve years ago, I was their food guy. I was their Friday food guy. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, it kind of disappoints me. To see that. That's really terrible. I mean, you've got an obligation. You know, you're putting out information, news, and take it seriously. Come on. News, which means facts, are (laughs) in the title of your business. Okay? So... All right, good news. Raku is not going out of of business, but its little uh, dessert place is. Wah. Wah, wah, wah. But but I'm hearing that Endosan has got some cool, groovy, Tokyo-inspired bar thing concept he's working on right okay, now. Okay, we'll stay so tuned. He's a one-man one, one man force of nature all by himself, so I'm looking for whatever Endosan does on Spring Mountain Road is going to be a success. Yeah, forget Channel 8. Just go to John's Twitter feed. That's where I get all my important food news. Um, you mentioned... And here, and eat talk and, Well, yes, that's what I will course. bring it up. Yeah. Uh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi debuted 11 years ago this yeah. month. So, you said that this is like... it. What made Japanese food in America worse and also better? What do you mean? Well, I was I was going to put it to you. I was going to say, let's do a little lawyer-like debate here. Okay. One of us take one side and one of us take the other. You pick which side you want to take. Ooh, did, did you know Jiro, what? Okay, okay. I, when I, I used to enjoy sushi. I loved it. I ate it. 
And that's, that was about it. You know, I just would go in, sit down, eat it, not think about anything. I watched Jiro Dreams of Sushi, and I realized the art behind it and the dedication that she- Japanese chefs take to learning it, the apprenticeship process, yeah. all of that. I became just fascinated with how some guy could spend 10 15 years, years <laughs> just making like the, the omelet, the omelet or the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, um, the octopus, you yeah, know, just yeah. making sure and they won't let him near the rice. Yeah. God forbid you don't get to touch the rice for a while. So I, for me, it opened my eyes as a consumer as to what is a sushi restaurant that is taking traditionalist pride in putting out great pieces versus what's the all you can eat, roll it up, you know, mediocre fish spot. Yeah. That I, was my eye opener from it. Well, I, I, and, and uh, uh, just to, to, to make your point uh, in, a, in a slightly different way, because of Jiro Dreams of Sushi, you have much better high-end sushi restaurants, which is just in our backyard. I, I won't talk about the, the country as a whole, but this applies. I mean, it paved the way for Kame Sushi, yeah. for Yui and Idomai Sushi, Idomai Sushi, excuse me, uh, for uh, Kabuto, yep. uh, which came right afterwards for Sangha, the Ternau. So it uh, elevated, sorry to use that term three times in one podcast, <laughs> uh, but it raised the level of expertise and appreciation for high-end sushi. Yeah, I don't think without it you could have so many of these small sushi bars, high-end price points that could survive. Right. Um, but I guess, I think I know where you're headed with this. Oof. This is where the sushi bro came from. Yeah. The guy with money that just wanted to show up. Well, it ruined sushi on two levels, okay. high and low. It popularized sushi even more, although even 11 years ago sushi was sort of taking over the country I mean, you could get you know gas station sushi and trader <laughs> joe's sushi and, and you could find sushi in 7-elevens you know even 11 years ago how desperate do you have to yeah, be yeah I, but so sushi was which which is not good for the fish of the world by the way and that's a whole other topic so it 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 made what was already kind of overly popular even mega popular yeah. because it it, it it was a famous movie talking about the ultimate sushi, but it still uh, connected, uh, you know, struck a chord with your everyday consumers who probably didn't even uh, see the movie, but heard there was this great movie about this really high-end sushi and just thought that sushi that they were buying in a 7-Eleven yeah. was even cooler than they were before. So it made it cool on a low end, and it popularized it even more. And allowed for the proliferation of even more all-you-can-eat stuff and, mm-hmm. and conveyor belt sushi. And, and all this stuff was around already. Don't, don't, don't direct message me and try to give me a history lesson. I know these, <laughs> th- these things were around for a long time. But when you have a, a wildly successful movie, sort of like Sideways the Wine movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every, oh, every wine song, yeah. Yeah, every, it, 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 and the, the, these movies, even people who don't see the movie are influenced mm-hmm. by it because they hear it or hear it about it from third or fourth uh, level hearsay. And I think it hurt sushi on that level because it made it too popular. And now we are just inundated with shit sushi all over the world. So that's number one why it made it bad. Number two is it, 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 uh, it birthed the dreaded sushi bro, okay, which is now the, the, the high roller, uh, you know, big swinging dick guy somewhere usually between 35 and 55 years of age who just wants to impress people by spending too much money on fish 
Whether he really knows it or not doesn't matter. It's just the same assholes that get into wine, you know, just buy nothing but $500 bottles of wine. Not, not because they really know or understand wine, but because they just want to show off about wine. And someone told them it was, this is what's good. And so they, they, and there are Japanese chefs and savvy restaurateurs who are more than happy to take their cash and go, okay, you want to spend $500 a person to, to eat my sushi? Here it is. But what they've done is they've edged out and created their own market for this which also ruins what I think of as the spiritual Zen of sushi, which is what Jiro Dreams of Sushi was about. Just how focused and artistic it is yes. in a very small personal way. And that's the way it's supposed to be made, and that's the way it's supposed to be eaten. And when you buy gas station sushi and Sushi Bro sushi, you're missing the whole goddamn point. Well, and I, I would argue that Sushi Bro Sushi is, it's really the customer that we're shitting on. It's not necessarily the actual restaurant because you well, could go. Well, they're just trying to make money. Yeah. yeah, but you could go into a Yui or a Kabuto and you'll find a Sushi Bro. Some yeah. guy that went on Google or Yelp and found this was the high-end sushi. And, and you see him in there, you know, wanting to take selfies with all the chefs and, you know, dunking everything in wasabi. And I always watch that and I go, you can kind of see the soul of the sushi chef leaving them a little because they're like <laughs> they're just watching this beautiful little artistic fish rice ball piece that they've made of art, and then they see someone just dunk it in wasabi and soy sauce, destroying yeah. it. It's it's no different. Well, it's no different than people that line up for the Mona Lisa just to take a selfie with the Mona Lisa. Okay, yeah. they don't really like it, but you're uh, you know it, it's just something to do to to enhance your own you know your, your own personality and, and to self advertise yourself. Um, you're using something that was a piece of art for your own personal reasons, which is not the point. But I think you're being a little too kind to the restaurants because if you look at the way of some of these restaurants in town, I'm talking to you, Sangha and Kame, their, um, their menus are set up with lots of pyrotechnics, lots of you know, chefs you know, flaming this here yeah. and just walking out you know, with a 15-pound piece of sushi I in their arms. That. And so they're, they're buying right into it. They're yes. reinforcing one another. The, the show-off, the, the Instagrammers and the show-offs and the TikTokers are like, whoa, dude, look. And the <laughs> restaurants are like, look, man, put this on TikTok, and, man, we'll get more customers. <laughs> so, so they're feeding off each other, literally and figuratively, figuratively yeah. and ruining sushi, the, whole, the whole zen of sushi in the process. So that's why I don't like it. But, uh, you know, I like, I like my fish small, and I like really pristine fish, and I think you should never buy. You, you, you shouldn't. You know, buy too much uh, cheap fish because it's not good for you and it's not good for the ocean. I'm with you, but yeah, good point. You know, those... certainly not good for the fish. <laughs> <laughs> Poor little fish. Poor little fish. Little guppies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing I got from your Twitter account: the New York Times article confirmed that E-Talk Repeat was ahead of the crowds. Bravo! Bravo! <sighs> You can hear, yes, you can hear everyone in the cheap seats cheering us on. Uh, QR code menus are being shown the door. I know, and and, and I I like the the article. It it went all over the country, which is, you know, God bless, you still have big ticket newspapers like the New York Times. They they interviewed people in Texas and Montana and St. Louis and small places, big places, chain restaurants, and they're like, yeah, customers hate these things. Because they do, because they're awful. And I liked what, what, one thing I did learn from the article, which I think we discussed, and I think we, we sort of guessed this to be true, but apparently people order less in terms of drinks yes. and, and even extra dishes 
because of the uh, the uh, cheapness uh, of the QR code. The, the, yeah. Well, and and, and it, it, the and that what I was saying the, the awkwardness and, yeah. and the, the the cumbersome quality yes. of of looking things up on your screen mm-hmm. all the time. Versus just pointing to something, oh, let's get that too. Yeah. Because you scroll through, you don't want to scroll back. You the screen goes dark, you got to boot it back up yeah. again. So the uh, restaurateurs were losing money because people aren't buying as much because of the goddamn awkwardness and cumbersome and and and, and real, really just just oh, in, insidious quality of looking at your like people don't look at their goddamn phones enough. We got to order off a, a phone too, and but people still go, "What's wrong with that man?" I look at my screen all the time. I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> it's not God. good for you." First Screw of all, you. yeah, it's not good um, for you exactly. I love this because. The thing I hated about it most is I really have made a point that when I go to a restaurant that I put my phone down. I hide it. I don't want to. Yeah, you're better than me. (laughs) I know. Well, you take photos. You're doing service for the people. You're better at that than I am. I just try and put my phone down. I want to engage with who I'm with. And when you have a QR code, it forces me to get my phone out and look at the menu. And the next thing you know, I'm checking an email. I'm going through social media, whatever. And... That's disconnecting me from... Yeah, you're not engaging yeah. with your partners, you know, with the menu, with the food, with the wait staff. You know, you're, you're basically losing the whole, the whole zeitgeist of being in a restaurant is lost on you because yeah. now it's just you and your phone. And, 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 and it reduces eating, which should be a public, social, friendly, you know, enhancing, you know, socially and spiritually enhancing thing to just a matter of like checking a box and mm-hmm. having the food given to you. Like and it, servers hate it because they can never tell when people are ready to order. Oh yeah, you know normally when that's, they that's know they, yeah. it's a it's a cue for a server to go check in on the table and take the order when all the menus are down. Right, right. But now everyone's on their phone and they're like, "Are you on your phone still browsing the menu or yeah. on? Are yeah. you on TikTok?" You know, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm scrolling through all the half naked girls on TikTok. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that's what you do. I knew it. Um, I am still though okay with QR codes in some aspects. I guess. The article brought up two. Uh, One was when you can order and pay without a menu, and Vegas Test Kitchen had it. You hated it. I was okay with it. And then the other one, which is interesting, is QR codes showing up on menus. Or not menus, receipts. Oh. So when you get a receipt, it has a QR code, so you don't have to wait for your server to come back. You can just... Do a QR code and go to your your Apple Wallet or your online credit card or whatever. Oh, okay. Well, again, you don't you, like that. You you lost me at Apple Card and, and Wallet. Do and you all that. you yeah. can't? Can you walk across to the coffee shop and pay with your phone? No. What's that all about? You don't go to the gas look, station. Look, I, I'm just getting I'm just getting used to taking my credit card out and waving it over the little machine. <laughs> we got to work on yeah, you, you Joe. So you're you're way ahead of me. I, I'm pretty good for an old guy. So but, but. honestly, uh, you should set it up, and I'll tell you one reason why. I lost. I think had my wallet stolen. So all of my cards, my IDs, everything yeah. gone. Except I had a card on my phone, my Apple phone, and I was able to still put gas in my car, still be able to buy certain things uh, without needing the physical replacement card. Okay. So it becomes like, yeah, you're, you can act, yeah, you don't need to whip out the card or cash. You can right. just do it with your phone. Isn't if somebody, that cool? Okay, I guess, I guess. You know, we'll get you there. We'll get uh, you there. You know, I like good old cash. What happened to cash? <laughs> 
I'll take your cash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I got I got pissy one time in the test kitchen. I said, "Here's forty bucks. Just give me food, okay?" I, you know, and they went, well, "We can't take that, sir." I said, "Just take it. Just bring me the goddamn pizza. Here's forty dollars. This pizza's only fifteen. It's okay. I'll pay. I'll give you a fifteen dollar tip. I don't care." Uh, <laughs> there is an article on the floor that says, "Paper money diehards refuse to fold." I think that's an article about you. Yeah. Well, you know, we still keep the penny. So you, you want to know how stupid people are? There's still <laughs> pennies in circulation. So yeah, uh, but uh, I like I like cash. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad anyway. we were ahead of that. Uh, new openings. China Mama is apparently getting closer to opening in in Shanghai Plaza. Yeah. You know what the food gal said about that? No. She goes, "It's moving from one place where it didn't have any parking, shitty parking, to another shittier. place where there will be no parking." <laughs> yeah, great. Because Shanghai Plaza is so crowded. It's crowded. Morning, noon, and night now. And finding yeah. a parking place is almost impossible. That's just, I've accepted that with almost anywhere on Spring Mountain, though. Yeah, yeah, you kind of have. I think they, they really want you just to take Ubers and Lyfts there, you know, yeah, and fair. drop off. So. But it's always funny. There's no parking, but I always find parking. So it works. Yeah. It's an odd system. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm, if, you're, if you're a little patient and kind of know where the corners are, there's always uh, a lot of these uh, strip malls. Have side and don't bat- tell it. Don't yeah, don't gatekeep. Yeah. This is yeah. Home. yeah. I do have some. Uh, I will tell all my food secrets, all my restaurant secrets, but yeah, not my yeah, parking yeah. secrets, John. There are some. I'll tell I you. Know. There's some some little side places that people know. The insiders know and go. I and you cannot even make your own spot there sometimes. Like they'll. People, uh, yeah, they're yeah. not telling you. Yeah. Um. Before we take a break and then go to where we've all been over the week. Uh. There's apparently a double zero pie and pub opening on Spring Mountain. Have you heard about this? No, I, I saw the name, but wasn't uh, uh, didn't familiar with the concept. It's apparently a pizza place. Uh, double oh, no, zero. No, no. no, this is Mike Vakin's place. Yes. Oh yes, yes. I, I I'm sorry, I blanked out there. As I was like, I'm not so, supposed to be the one on the know here. Yeah, this yeah. Is supposed I'm sorry. To be you. Well, this happens more and more as I age. <laughs> as, as, the, as father time takes its toll. Okay. No, Mike Vakin, a pizza olo of the. Yeah, of, of the first degree. I mean, yeah. this guy is a is a pizza maker that is uh, to the stars, and he used to be at uh, downtown at the Plaza. He had um, can't remember what the name of it was. It was the Pizza Parlor in the Plaza Hotel, and he's moving out there. And believe me, it's going to be a hit. And his pizzas are phenomenal. Well, for anyone who is in the pizza game, yeah. double zero is the flour that you right. use. So it's automatically tipping you off. This guy knows what he's yeah. doing. And so I'm excited. Mike Vakeen, V-A-K-E-E-N. Look him up. And uh, yeah, I can't be more. And I, where's the exact location again? I saw the pictures, but I, I've forgotten where. Somewhere on Spring Mountain. Yeah. So yeah. I, 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 Let me see if I can look it up quick. But well, okay. You have enough to do. But yeah, Mike Vakeen, Double O uh, Pizza. That's going to be another non-Asian place that's going to set a new trend on Spring Mountain Road, which we're very happy about. The other one was Half Bird Chicken and Beer, the rotisserie chicken spot that opened up there, also going to Henderson. Did you hear that? I wish them luck. They will need it. Really? Oh, Henderson. Hendertucky. Good God. Come on. I I think that'll work out there. Well, yeah, you know, maybe it will. It's a rotisserie chicken joint. It's like Boston Market, but upgraded. Yeah, well, you know, you you just, the the last word you, you pegged under your sentence there is what, what... Hendersonites will reject. Okay, they don't want upgraded. They want cheap, and franchised, and chain link, and soulless, uh, you know, soulless uh, chain factory food. That's what they want. They've wanted it for the last thirty years, and nothing's changed. So, 
Let's hope. I'm hoping. I, I love Brian Howard. I, ho- I wanted him to be a success. I think he's going to have more success there than like Esther's Kitchen had, or what, not Esther's Kitchen, um, uh, Carson Kitchen had. They tried to move out to Henderson once about five, six years ago. Really? Oh, they lasted like eight months. Yeah, there's been a lot of flame outs in, in Henderson. So that's why I'm so cynical about it. And I have wor- I have wind that I think we talked about Valley Cheese and Wine. Yeah. It's, it's going to close. It's going to close. Yeah. yeah, yeah um, the Double Zero Pie and Pub, Spring Mountain and Valley View, basically. Yeah, and we're near, near Partage. You know, yes. It's gonna be, but it, it, I think it's going to be in that center yes, where Partage is. is. Yeah. It's by the Golden Tiki yeah. area. Yeah. So, so smart move be. by Mike Vakeen. I can't wait. Another place which is parking challenged, but uh, we shall persevere. We always do, John. Um, what else do I have? Oh, Houston's Hot Chicken. Local hot chicken joint. I know you're like, fuck pizza, yeah. fuck hot chicken. Yeah. Any more of this shit, I don't need it. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> it's a local spot. They've popped up a bunch of franchises here in town, and then even in California and Texas now, but we have one on Maine and California opening. Yeah, and, right next to you or me sushi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and... It's oh, first night's going to be first Friday of June, and I think they're giving away free hot chicken yeah, sandwiches. I, I mean, I, <laughs> how much fucking shitty chicken can people eat? It's not shitty. All right, okay. You Have you eaten it? I've had I've had hot chicken sandwiches. You can't say Houston's hot chicken is shitty if you haven't had their hot chicken. No, I've I've had chick I've had hot chicken sandwiches in Nashville, and I've had them here, and I've had them other places. I mean, it's just a goddamn. It's, it's, <laughs> it's it wouldn't be eat talk repeat if you didn't grumble. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, but they do have a chicken that you is so good. Food, folks. They have a chicken that's so hot it requires a waiver. Would you do that? Yeah, well, that's yeah. I I ate that one. Yeah, I've done the one at the. Uh, on Spring Mountain Road, name escapes me again. Uh, can't keep all of these things in my head. But there's one right on Spring Mountain Road that um, near Shanghai Plaza, which I had their their ghost chicken, uh, and it I could take two bites of it, and then I was in pain for like a half hour. Oh, is that the one that um, yeah. Food Gal brought home to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, I, I, what I, is it? Oh, it's the let's, chicken sandwich spot. Yeah, What's let's let's go to a break, okay. and we'll have the name when we come back from the break. <laughs> Hi, it's Ash from Sam and Ash Injury Law. You need a lawyer you can trust. So give us a call at 702-820-1234 or go to salmonashlaw.com. No pressure, just answers, because you deserve what's right. All right. Hell's Hell's Chicken! chicken. (laughs) That's where it is. Hell's Chicken on Spring Mountain Road. Yes, yes. We had both been there, and we yeah. it just totally escaped us. Yeah. But Hell's Chicken, they actually do good food. Yeah, yeah. Go the, check you know, out. Uh, my, my wife has been there uh, with uh, without me a couple times. She likes their, their food there a lot. It's run by a Korean kid. Yep. Um, they and, are growing and, their own little Carolina Reaper plants yeah, in the corner. Yeah, that's what it was. It was a Carolina Reaper. Yeah. It wasn't a ghost pepper. It was Carolina Reaper. Um, it was painful, but it was a good chicken sandwich. It's just a hot chicken. I, I said hot chicken are like the hot dog stands of well, the 20th okay, century. Well, okay, mister, I went to three steakhouses in one week. You could yeah. say the same. Yeah, well, you know, but steakhouse, you have actual chefs cooking food for you. Hot chicken is just deep frying a chicken breast. It is not it just, okay. do not, uh, do not degrade uh, the uh, art of hot chickenry. Do you, okay, for... Before we get the hot chicken, do you do you like uh, what's what's the one that's closed on Sundays? Chick Fil A. Do you go there? Yeah, I like that place. Uh, okay. 
But again, it's, a, it's just a goddamn chicken sandwich. But sometimes it, that's all you goddamn that? need. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you rather have a burger or a slice of pizza if you're going to just eat something that's fatty, filling, and not good for you? Wouldn't you rather eat a pizza? All of them. I want a burger, uh, oh, pizza, yeah, and yeah, hot chicken yeah, sandwich. Yeah, but that's oh. why I get in trouble at UConn because I go in and I want a pizza and a burger and, and the wings eat, yeah. and the wings, okay. and you just end up eating it all and hating yourself. For all right, I'm not begging on hot chicken particularly. It's just it's just as a phenomenon. It just leaves me cold. People but go crazy for it. It's you like listeners a, know that it's going to be about a week until you're posting photos of a hot chicken sandwich because you do this you're like fuck pizza i'm over pizza none of this goddamn pizza shit and then you're on a pizza crawl and you got here's some detroit pizza here's some thin crust pizza here's well you're more likely to see me get excited about pizza than you are about chicken sandwiches i mean come on i mean there's something that's what you say now there's something so plebeian about just eating chicken breast between bread it just there's there's something that offends me you know i just don't. i didn't think anything with breasts could offend you but you know <laughs> You know what? Okay, fine. We're learning. Okay. Um, she went there, folks. I did not. Someone had to. We've already been ha- through half the show. Um, okay. So my recent ventures, let me get mine out of the way. Uh, I'm doing California spots just for everyone that, you know, leaves the heat and goes to Cal- Southern California. There's a good place. I'm glad Sam's not here because he would probably push back. Farmhouse at Rogers Garden. Roger's Garden is the bougiest in Southern California, Newport Beach, wherever, nursery <laughs> garden. People go there just to, like, walk around and shop and buy a, a plant or a succulent and whatever. It's like some outdoor garden sh- yes, shop? Yes, it's okay. where people take their kids to boat, go get a Christmas tree and then find Santa and all that bullshit. Yeah. But they built about six years ago now a restaurant that's really incredible, Chef Rich Mead. They literally are defining what farm-to-table is. Everything is seasonal. Everything is fresh. He is all about making sure that you're actually eating something that's not imported from somewhere else. And you mean like a hot chicken sandwich? Yeah, right. Fine. I, I, you knew I was going to go there. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> if cayenne peppers are not in season, you're not getting your hot chicken sandwich, okay? Um, okay. But it's a really great spot. Very cool. It's a... Um, uh, like a brunch summary spot. I recommend it. In Newport Beach? Newport Beach. Great food. Cocktails even are using fresh ingredients from the farmer's The name market. again? Uh, Farmhouse at Rogers Garden. And go check out their website, too. If you're a, a foodie in the sense that you like to cook, Rich Mead has a ton of recipes online. He is always putting up seasonal stuff so you can cook at home and try and replicate it. I always wonder why more chefs don't do that. I know why they don't do it because they're so goddamn busy, yeah. you know, just running their restaurants. Yeah. But uh, it's a nice little uh, advertising tool for yourself if you can, because people, are, there's a certain level of person like me who just wants to go restaurant, restaurant, restaurant. Some people eat out just to special occasions. Some people, a small percentage, Really want to know the recipe, or want to make it yeah. at home, and and uh, and they're they're very passionate about it, and they love it when a chef will share their secrets, or you know, something that they had in the restaurant. In the restaurant, they can try to make it home. And yeah, and uh, this guy does it, so I recommend it. Uh, where in town have I been? Soul Belly. Last week, I was telling everyone they have a brunch menu that I had no idea existed. Well, I'm not alone. They don't know it exists either, apparently. I show up on Sunday for the Monte Briscoe that was on their brunch menu, and the waitress, hostess, was like, I don't 
think we have that or we don't do that. So I was not a good sign. I was immediately <laughs> depressed. I almost like fell off my bar stool. I was like, do I leave? What do I do? Did you, did you say, did you use my line? Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? <laughs> I talked about this on last week's episode. Yes. Um, no, I didn't do that. So I asked him, I was like, well, do you have anything that's breakfast related, whatever? They were doing a breakfast burrito on their specials wall over there when you walk in. And then they also said they do like eggs and a barbecue meat. We ordered the breakfast burrito. It had sausage, eggs, cheese, and potato. Incredibly good. I was, my expectations were exceeded. The potatoes had this, you, John, you'll know what I'm talking about, this well-seasoned flavor. You knew they were in, like cooked in a cast iron or something mm. that just had all the juices from everything else yeah. that was cooked there previously. Yeah, probably, probably pork fat. <laughs> yeah, and it was just another level. And then the other thing that I ordered was the belly of soul. Have you had that there? It yeah, is, yeah, it's 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 their it's their brisket sandwich, the stacked bris- brisket sandwich. Yeah, it's great. Fuck yeah, it is. Yeah, it yeah, is yeah. brisket, pickled onions, crispy uh, onions, an egg. cheese sauce, barbecue yeah. sauce, and the fried egg. And right. that's how I justified it as brunch related because it had an egg. But they just but the so it's <laughs> kind of like brunch. Yeah, it's, it's brunch adjacent. I, okay. So I was like sold. <laughs> well, so so you go there for brunch, but they're not really sure they're having a brunch, even though they advertise a brunch. Their website has a brunch menu that has like biscuits and gravy, biscuits and meat, biscuits and eggs, eggs hat corn like their ham and hash or whatever, and no brunch. No brunch. So that could be my pet peeve. First common, what gives? What gives? <laughs> Come on. Because also, don't have a delicious-looking brunch menu that lures me out of my bed on a Sunday, <laughs> and then it not exist, damn it. Yeah, and you better have bottomless mimosas with, the, with, the, with <laughs> no, that, no, no, with that brisket sandwich. But I was my expectations were exceeded with the breakfast burrito and the belly of soul. Honestly, I have yet to be disappointed. They got rid of their QR system. There's no more ordering at the counter. You have a hostess. Yeah, and we had a waitress last yep. time I went. She was a cute little thing, and, yep. and, and she uh, was, was on it really good, and, and it was uh, good service, all that. Uh, here's what I say to people about uh, Soul Belly. I've eaten, I'm not going to claim to have eaten in every barbecue restaurant in Las Vegas because there's a few that open here and there I never get to. But I bet I've eaten in 80% of them. If there's 20 or 30 barbecue restaurants in town, I bet I've eaten in two-thirds of them at least. And if I've never found a better one than Soul Belly Barbecue. If, if you think there is one, tell me, and I'll go yeah. if I haven't been there. But don't tell me John Mulls. Don't tell me that place. In, there's a place out in Boulder City that is just awful that I went to. Uh, one time I drove out there, I made food guy go out there with me. And people said, oh, this is the best. You need to go. I mean, when you get burn ends and and pulled pork that are chewy, <laughs> they, they, they're Ooh. just like, you know, they don't even cook their food enough. I mean, one thing about barbecue food, I mean, you can like it or love it or hate it, but it's usually cooked so long that it's sort of pretty much you can eat it with a spoon, right? Yeah. But this place was awful. Have uh, you been to L2 Texas Barbecue? No, L2. Yeah, L2 on Warm Springs. L2. No, that one, I'm trying to remember. I I haven't been there because I wouldn't know if I'd been there. I'm trying to remember if I've heard of it before. Is it brand new? I don't think so. New-ish? 
I, do you know about Texas melts? Texas I, melts, I've been to. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I think they're related. But Texas melts is on West Sahara, and I have been there. Yeah, but this is the barbecue spot that's related to Texas okay. melts, and yeah. it's out on Warm Springs. And look, I've been talking about Soul Belly. Someone DM'd me about L two. Texas barbecue. It's on my list, so I think I'm going to go this weekend. Well, one, one thing you will learn if you if you go on a barbecue uh, hunt, uh, any barbecue trail in Las Vegas, like Italian food and pizza, people will tell you something is really good that's awful, okay? Now, people have no idea what they're talking about sometimes. I just love it. Have you been to da-da-da? This I'm is like, a trusted source, though. Okay, trusted source. I'm, not, yeah, I'm just saying that. Yeah. But when you open yourself up to recommendations, it's Italian food, barbecue, and pizza, you get all kinds of... Shit, uh, you know, less <laughs> yeah. shit thrown your way, and you just you just have to have a hard hard shell to you and go. Yeah, I went there. Uh, it was okay. You know, you lie a little bit. You don't want to tell people out. And, I, and if it's a local place, I'm not going to savage some local place like the one in Boulder City. I can't remember. I mean, it was terrible, but I don't. I'm not going to say its name. But people just don't know what they're talking about. People people have been taking. I'm going to. I'm going to call out John Moles. It has a huge following in town, and it's just awful. It's a Which is of, John Moles? Oh, it's up, it's up in the northwest, and it's, it's this wet barbecue. They, just, they have steamer trays full of, of meat that's just been sitting there for hours, and they throw sauce on it, and then they throw it on your thing. It's just, uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's just the worst kind. It's not smoky at all. It, it just all tastes like it comes out of a bag. I know it doesn't. I know they make it there, but it's... Is that it, worse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, it's just like if you've ever been to a real barbecue restaurant, real pulled pork in North Carolina, Kansas City-style Memphis ribs, Texas uh, brisket. I mean, and it, it, it's not even the same league as the, the, the real places. I know. So, I look, Soul Belly, I have yet to be disappointed. You yeah, never Soul have Belly to ask me twice. is in the same league. You never have to ask uh, me twice to go there. I will join you even if I've already eaten that day. I will go there. Uh, I'm going to check out L2 Texas BBQ. I will report back. But, John, you're a barbecue snob. What's your go-to? Are you a brisket guy, a pulled pork yeah. guy, a rib, beef rib, pork rib? Where are you? What's your, like, well, I'm a, I love, kryptonite? Uh, brisket, uh, brisket's the best. It, brisket's the hardest to make. So all, most barbecue people gravitate there because it's like, it's like burgundy and Pinot Noir wine. It's the hardest wine to make well. So the aficionados gravitate there because you want to see... And I don't know. It's like Rachmaninoff symphonies. You know, you've got you've got to, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you know it's the hardest to do, you you uh, it, 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 the your the gravitational pull grabs you, and yeah. you want to see who can do it the best. And that's what brisket is. I mean, I I don't like brisket sandwiches. I, brisket to <gasps> me tires the palate out. I'd, I'd rather eat really really good pulled pork. This is my go to sandwich. You know who I who has great pulled pork in town? Yeah. Rolling Smoke. Okay, well now you're now we can. I'm gonna. I've, they have. I've tried to like Rolling Smoke three times, and I the last time I went, I t- said I'd never go back. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, Do you uh, go to the one on Las Vegas? Boulevard? I go to the one under the under the freeway there. On, on, yeah, on where Delta. you feel like a homeless person yeah, when you yeah. go in there. Yeah, and, and and to be fair, the last time I went was like five years ago, but it was just terrible. It was oh, awful. It was it was no. just awful, and I said I'm never going back go here back. again. All right, I'll try it. So pulled pork is my go-to sandwich. Brisket once in a while, but. Brisket's one of those things you take in small doses. You can you can OD on brisket pretty easily. So I mean, it's a risk to, I'm willing to take. Yeah, it's uh, but but I, I've never had a better one than uh, Soul Belly. Okay, no, I will report not back in Las on, Vegas anyway. I'll report back on L two. You've got to go back to Roland. Okay, smoke. speaking of meat, this is where the elite meat to eat meat, uh, eat talk repeat. 
Oh, you're going to your steakhouses. Yeah. <laughs> Last place I went, though, Forte. Again, and how do you still love it? Still love it. Yeah, great. Needs to be Nina Manchev. It's never that busy. It's weird. And people, get over yourselves. Yeah, you look at the menu online, you're like, I don't know what the fuck this shit is. And you're like, who cares? Just go order something. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, yeah. That is literally what I know people are doing, is they're looking it up. They hear us talking about it or reading about it somewhere else. They look it up. They look at the menu online. They're like, I don't know what I want It's unfamiliar food. It uh, is. It doesn't make me feel cozy inside. It will. Go try it. Is there a a chain restaurant somewhere on Spring, you know, on, uh, you know, in in a shopping mall that I've had this kind of food before? Is it like Applebee's? (laughs) They've got a cheeseburger. Go. It's really good. And they have good pizza, too. But they also have lots of... Bulgarian, Middle Eastern, Middle European food, Russian food, pelmini. They do some really nice dumplings. Uh, it's uh, if you like wontons, you will love this. Oh yeah, yeah. You just have to. And the, and every time I've been, I mean, I've been many times, so I know the menu. But they always have great service staff who walk yes. you through the whole thing and give you their cacciapuri. Did you have the big bread? No, because we did a pizza and there's only two of us yeah. at a two top. Yeah, the cacciapuri, which is this giant bread boat with this cheese, melted cheese on a fr- and an egg, which mm-hmm. you melt into the cheese. Oh my God, it's the greatest thing you've it's ever put in your mouth. And it really, so yes. Okay, so I had tapas. to drop that. Go. Okay, on to your meat, your meat yeah. fest. Yeah, well, here, here's my here's my dilemma. We'll try to make this, I know we're kind of running out of time here. So I had a good buddy, one of my best friends in the whole world, uh, was a criminal lawyer down in, in uh, Southern California. California in his office is in uh, Bellflower. You know where that okay, is? Yeah. yeah, right. He says where the, the crime, where the crimes. I think that's the birthplace of In and Out. Yeah. Maybe that's where his office is. I think so. Oh, that was, yeah. So I used to practice in the Compton courts and all that. So he's a he's a lifelong prosecutor now, defense lawyer, great guy, and um, he has practices with his son. So they kind of surprise us with a visit this week. And these are two, if you saw them, they are two football player-sized guys. They're wow. both, they both go about, the dad's bigger than the son. The son played college football. They both go about 6'4", uh, 280, 290. Wow. So you walk in with them, people kind of, you know, the chef goes, all right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, strap in, boy. Do I have a full cow here? Or? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We may, we may run out of food. So these guys can eat. But and they like steakhouses, and they and they don't have a lot of steak good steakhouses where they are. So they wanted to, they wanted the, the the best of the best. So we took them back to back, one night at, at Bazaar Meat, and the next night at Scotch Eighty Prime. And I love Bazaar Meat. Uh, this is one of these sentences that's going to begin with and then a comma. But don't with a do it. Okay. Do not. I love Bazaar Meat. Uh, the steaks were superb. The steak tartare is beyond belief. Oh. The tomato tartare is one of the great dishes invented anywhere. The foie gras cotton candy. I mean, I know the menu by heart. The Robichon potatoes. The sloppy joes. Uh, the sloppy joes. We, we, they started with the sloppy joes. They knocked them out in a little boat of sloppy joes. Best gin and tonics in Las Vegas at the bar. But. Don't do comma, it. But. I think the template. And, and by the way, Lou uh, Centenat is, is the wine director there. I'm giving a shout out to Lou. Because he gave us some wines by the glass, some pairings that were just uh, were life-changing. They were so good. Um, but I think the menu's gotten a little stale, okay? I, because I've eaten in Bazaar Meat a lot. And I've said many times in writing and on shows and everywhere that I think it's one of the best steakhouses in the, in the country. But they're pretty much doing the same thing over and over again. There's not a lot of variation in the menu. I think I just read that they were adding some things. Did they- well, I, well, I was there, and they know me, and I get the full John Curtis treatment there. But uh, I, I just pretty much cut what's uh, 
uh, you know, the, the, the standard menu stuff. And uh, they may have brought something out. I don't think. They did bring out a buffalo tartare. which That's was very, good. A buffalo carpaccio, yeah. which was really, really nice. They roll it up on a fork. It's really nice. So loved it. Flawless food. I mean, I, service is great. Flawless food. My buddies didn't like the room at all. And, I, and they said, yeah, the room. They, they, he said, it just feels dark and, and, and dreary. And I went, I think that's the, the, the biggest knock on Bazaar Meat is that the food, the room does not match the food. Okay. And between that, let me just finish yeah. and I'll go. Between that and what I thought of as kind of the same old, same old menu, I wasn't as blown away by it as I expected to be. So that opens the door for going to Scotch 80 Prime just on the very next night. And it did blow us away. Wow. Marty, Leo, uh, Marty Lopez there is doing some incredible food. I, I, he's, uh, he's playing, as I said on Instagram yesterday, he's playing a different game than everybody else in, in a steakhouse. Even, even cut, bizarre meat, carver steak, Harlow, you name it. He's playing a different game. He's, they are letting him, giving him the latitude to really play with his food, and he does it in a nice, in a, in a focused way, in a centered way. That's mm -hmm. not gonna, not gonna put you off, but you're gonna go over and over again. I haven't had anything like this yeah. in a steakhouse, okay? And I mean, with, with his tartars, his salads. I mean, it's artful food. It, it's a, uh, it's uh, interesting. It is beautifully composed. It's different. I just found, uh, I found everything at the Scotch Eighty Prime to just be sort of eye popping. And I and I found everything at Bazaar Meat to be satisfying, but uh, familiar, and that's that's kind of my summation. Yeah. Damn. Uh, yeah, and then I also went to one thirty eight um uh, one thirty eight degrees. Oh yeah. And and had a wonderful meal out there. It and to be fair, I love the meat program there. You know, Matt Meyer is great. Mm -hmm. uh, they've improved their wine list. Yep. The service is great. They didn't even know. It, it, I, I sounds who so I arrogant am. who I am. At first, because the first half of the meal, I just had a waiter, but he was great uh, helping me and the food gal out. And then about halfway through the meal, they the, the manager saw me and he came over and blah blah. And then then we get a bunch of extra stuff, but love that place. It's and it's not as inventive as Scotch Eighty Prime, but it's trying really really hard. And and mm -hmm. and uh, I it was reasonably busy on like a Tuesday night. Yeah. So that gives me hope for uh, Henderson right there. So uh, uh, 138 degrees in Henderson is definitely a keeper. And I said between it and Harlow and the are the anchors on yeah. both sides of the valley, we have two great steakhouses, one on the east and one on the west side. Yeah, 138 is incredible. I want to get out there for their brunch. Uh, it looks good. It looks different. It looks a little upscale, like they're trying to do some stuff that's different. I'm always pleased when I go there. Yeah, I mean, I just as a curveball, I, I ordered the scallops on a parsnip puree. Just go, I want to see what he did the scallops. And they were great. They were, they were, they were, and his desserts. He's doing some very inventive desserts out mm -hmm. there. We did, uh, he did a thing, he calls it a cheesecake, and it looks like a wedge of, uh, of Swiss cheese, okay? And they put a glaze on it, and they dent it. It looks like a tiny wedge of Swiss cheese, but That's it's basically a, le a lemon cheesecake. It was fantastic. So 138 degrees, you're lucky to have it, Henderson. You really are. So, yeah, don't and, lose it. Yeah, and, and, they, and I haven't had the burger yet, but he says they've had it. It's the, incredible. It's on the menu, yeah. so you can get it at dinner anytime. So next time I go out, I'm going to get the burger. So the last... Like a few episodes ago, I was telling you I'd go out there on Mondays for their Killer Burgers pop-up, and they always have incredible burgers. But there is one that's their, like, standard burger, and it's incredible. Yeah. And But, again, it comes down to they're taking care of and focused on the quality of ingredients, the meats, the, the what's going on the plate. 
Yeah, I think well, I think that's why he's uh, that's setting him apart, and I'm I'm just uh, I, I'm just at the point where I'm rooting hard for the guy. I I mean I could pick some flaws in the thing. I think I, I I wonder why they only have American wines on their wine list and things like that. But for, to have a restaurant that sophisticated with a cook that passionate in the middle of Henderson or out there on Horizon Ridge is is something. So they, I hope the they they respond. And he says they seem to. And the thing he's really into, he loves his steaks, and he has he has all of his uh, steak uh, steaks are listed the purveyors where they get them from. We had we had a steak from uh, a Nevada producer that was great. But he loves aging fish. His thing is is doing this hanging fish up, getting whole fish. And you don't age it for months. You just age it for days, but you let the, the fish dry out a little bit, tighten up, and he says it really improves the texture and the flavor. Did you uh, have one? No, we have, I haven't had one yet. I was going to ask if that, you That's have. my next trip out there. And, but, and, and 138 Degrees is one of the few restaurants that, will get, will, that can get me in a car driving to the ends of the earth to have a meal. Wow, <laughs> so, that's so, saying a lot. Yeah. That's yeah, saying yeah. a lot. All right, great recommendations. Yeah. Anywhere else that you went? That you no, to- th- those three kept me busy. My cholesterol uh, is, is, I think it's about to ping off the Eiffel Tower right now. It's so high. So uh, I, should, have- I should go there with my cardiologist in tow. <laughs> <laughs> a defibrillator. A defibrillator. Um, okay, so I know you, before we started, you mentioned you have a pet peeve. Oh, well, you know, and, and I'm going to say this, and it's really kind of not fair to um, restaurants, and even. I, but I saw it at 138 Degrees. I get it all the time. I hate – something happened. To, I think it's because Americans got so big and fat over the last 30 years. Two tops are now too big. I hate sitting at a two top where you're sitting across from people because the tables mm. that they are buying in these restaurants for two tops – are bigger or longer sideways than they used to be. And huh. and I don't know, I, I have I haven't looked this up, but I remember in the back in the day, like I'm sitting up, up, up across a desk from you. Yeah. And this is about as far away as I am. This is a good sized desk we're sitting yeah. in right here with lots of room for you know computers and books and everything. That's how far I am on these two tops from my wife. And I find that I and this it's and I don't know why they do them, but the the table is too big and you're too far away from the person you're talking to. And with a voice like mine, which carries all over the room, you know I I don't have to feel like I have to shout to get to be heard. I need to be closer to somebody so I can keep the volume down. I thought you were going to say they were stupid. I didn't think you. I thought you were going to say they're too damn small. Like you were no, annoyed. no, they're, they're too long. I've noticed it in lots of restaurants, and I I now go in restaurants and when they started when they take me to a two top. You're like no. I go no, no. I mean, I mean, it's one thing if if the restaurant's packed. Okay, I'll just sit where you where you can. But uh, the other day, I, they sat us at one in Milos, and I love Milos. I love the decor of Milos. I love the service there. They sat us at a two top. I said, look at this, honey. There's, it seems like there's an extra foot between us. That there, that there huh. didn't used to be. And I don't know when this phenomenon happened, but I don't want to feel like I'm that far away from somebody. I'm a side-by-side sitter, even with guys. You know what I mean? That people, some, some people think that's gay, but I go, you know, if we're to four top, I want to sit catty corner to you, whether you're a dude or my wife or anybody else, because I like to sit, be that kind of... Yeah, you know, closer that makes to sense. people. Yeah, I just do. I think it's more collegial. So you don't like booths. Yeah, I, well, booths. Well, the food gal and I, we sit side by side in booths. What we do, I like. Doesn't to do that, that hurt your neck? No, we like to do that. And then we can see it's easier to eat off each other's plates that way. Oh. <laughs> so, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So oh, that's funny. Maybe, I I'm, thought... maybe I'm just a little idiosyncratic that way, but these big ass two tops kind of piss me off. 
I thought it's so funny because I thought you were going to say they were too small, you know, because you like to order all these different plates and you're always like, ah, where do I put them? That's funny. Now I got to pay attention. I don't like to order all these plates. I order two things and chefs bring out 15. Oh, that's, that's the problem. Okay. But still, I thought your complaint was going to be that the tables were too small. No, no, they're too long. They're too big. Notice it, folks. Tell me if I'm crazy. Because I think you're crazy. It, it's not in every restaurant, but a lot of restaurants now have these longer side-by-side two-tops that I feel like you're just too far away from the person. Oh. Interesting. I know right. I'm going to pay attention. Now, Mine's quick. Mine's the, what I mentioned earlier. If you're going to put a menu on the internet, please make sure it actually exists. Don't let me show up for your brunch and it not exist. Oh, she's still, she's, she's still smoldering over the over It's the called belly the brunch. Monte Briscoe. Oh, I was so yeah. excited. If yeah. you could have seen my face, my disappointment. Oh, God, it's, yeah. like, it's like waking up on Christmas morning and someone telling you that there's no Santa or the Grinch stole Christmas. Like, yeah. Think of that devastation. Your pet John. peeves are so hyper-specific. Although this last one of mine was, was, that was pretty hyper-specific. <laughs> I'm mad because because our table is three inches too long. Yeah, it's like okay. the guy who takes his measuring tape to your <laughs> restaurant. All right. Well, we're sorry, Ashley Watkins. You Thank didn't you. get your little Monty Briscoe, but maybe next time. Okay? Okay. I don't want to have real problems. I want really <laughs> yeah, ridiculous yeah. First world problems, if ever there were some. And with uh, that, it's probably a good time, way to yeah. sign off. Oh, right? my gosh. Always fun, John. Thank okay. you for another great episode. Bon appetit. Oh, oh, we didn't even get to Memorial Day. Having fun on Memorial Day. Drink some rosé oh, all yeah. day. Rosé all day. Rosé all day. Yes. Memorial Day. Go for it, folks. Get all right. some rosé bubbles. All right. See you later now. Bye-bye. Bon appetit.